All right, boys and girls, welcome to another episode of the Crack Pit Podcast. And I'm joined again by a very special guest, Steph, who is a good friend of mine and also a psychologist. And Steph has done a previous episode with me where we've discussed relationships. Um, and today we're going to talk a little bit more about the interactions between male, males and females, um, particularly males with females. And, you know, I, I, I suppose, you know, understanding consent, this is a kind of a, um, a topic that's been in circulation a lot recently. And it just so happens that uh, last week, I, well, it depends on when you're listening to this podcast, but last week I done uh, advice daily cracks to males and particularly about, you know, not being a cockhead when it comes to approaching females and, you know, trying to you know, date a female or, you know, asking for what you want, but doing it in a responsible adult way. And myself and Steph had a conversation there the last time you were down in Melbourne about, and you shared some experiences that you had when it came to interactions with males and how you felt threatened and afraid. So I think that's where we're going to go today with this conversation. Would I be right? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for the introduction and hello everyone. Um, so I'm interested to hear some of your daily crack because I'm not I'm not up to date with what you were discussing last week. But certainly when we caught up in Melbourne not long ago, you and I were discussing just some of my experiences. And if we widen that out and we kind of put this question to all women, I think that we would struggle to find a woman who hasn't had experience with sexual harassment, sexual abuse, or some kind of abuse from a male in their lifetime. Yeah, absolutely. And I, th I, th I think I think it like that. Yes, for sure. Like one of the elements I've started to do with my online coaching is I dig deeper with clients. It's something that I've never really done with the working just one on one in the gym with people. But I've definitely found uh, when I worked with females a lot, it's when you dig a couple of layers deeper, you do start to discover that this is a very common theme mm. and women have dealt with this in some way, shape or form. Like I don't want to name names, but like even like, you know, in my own family, there's been stuff that the females, my, my mom and my sister have dealt with, you know, and it, it, that's very shocking to me when I found out afterwards, you know, you feel less of a man because you weren't there to help or, you know, in some way with the, the kind of interaction between me and my mum, there was a lot of non-speaking there for a long time. And that I felt, for a long time, I felt like maybe she abandoned me, but in actual fact, it was probably me that abandoned her. You know, there's there's a lot of, there's a, I suppose, a lot of stuff that I, I'm reflecting on now as an older young fella <laughs> um, that makes me kind of go, right, shit's not right here. Something needs to change. Yeah. Yeah, so it sounds like you have developed a certain amount of emotional maturity to now reflect upon these things in the past and understand the fullness of other people's experience of what might have been going on at the time. Absolutely. Um, and, and that's so helpful for your own growth, but so helpful as well for everybody around you that they can now connect with you on that level. That's right. Yeah, and it's, I feel like I'm, I'm in this position now, especially with lads, with my job and everything that I do at the weekend, that's like I have this almost responsibility, I feel, to be like, okay, I'm your big brother figure here. 
don't be at that shit. If you want to get ahead, this is what you should do. And, you know, I'm like, I'm not talking about even working, you know, um, financials. I'm like, you know, when it comes to behaving and respecting women, it's not hard to do. Mm. It's, it's not, you know, bad, you know, they, they say that good guys get left behind. No, 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 don't fall into that bracket. You don't have to be a dickhead. You don't have to be a prick. In actual fact, that is going to set you up for a lot of failure in the, in the future. Mm. You got to understand who you are. You got to be yourself. And then you got to understand who you're approaching as well, because it's not all about you. Mm. It's not all about you. And you do it that way. You, You'll be a you'll be a wiser, smarter man, and you'll have people around you and women around you that respect you, mm. not just look at you and be like, oh yeah, he's nice. The respect is better than just that kind of admiration. You want you want to be respected. Yeah, and you need to give respect in order to gain respect. So Correct. this is something that we've spoken about is so vital in in what keeps this cycle going is disrespect for women. So it's really important to respect yourself to start with because you're not really respecting yourself if you're disrespectful to anybody else, no matter their sex or race or um, circumstance. But um, disrespect for women has been so entrenched in our society for such a long time that um, there's this idea that we can just keep going with it. Um, and we can just do what the other generations did uh, and approach women in the same way that maybe we saw our mum and dad interact or we saw our grandparents interact. And that's just not, that's just not the way of it anymore. Yeah. We need to have a bit more responsibility for our own actions. Absolutely. So if I would give any tips to men it is learn how to be respectful of women learn how to treat women with equality yeah and so, from so, your yeah from your point of view how can that happen sure well at the starting point you need to understand who you are so you need to build your own emotional maturity and how to do that well you need to spend some time with your own thoughts your own needs, your own experiences and desires. You need to start opening up to people in your life and telling them about the good and the bad experiences. Don't just focus on the good. Don't just focus on, you know, the superficial bad, which is often the stuff that we feel more comfortable talking about. Um, find some people that you can trust and tell them about what's been going on. You can also learn how to feel your own emotions and express your own emotions. And you can also reach out to help with a professional as well if you feel like you need some guidance on, you know, how to get there, then that's a really good option too because our boys and our men have been raised to shut all that down, to avoid emotions, avoid feeling, avoid being weak but this is just perpetuating the same cycle of abuse, really. So ultimately, I think what men need is to be supported to open up. Correct. Being vulnerable is okay. Yeah. Being vulnerable is actually more powerful now. Yeah. And being vulnerable is attractive. Correct. 
you need to understand that from yeah. a woman's from a woman's perspective that being vulnerable is attractive it helps you form emotional connection a very typical male trait would be, you know, bottle up all the, the bad stuff like you're talking about. They are not talking about it and very much turning to the bottle or the beer uh, and, you know, masking it with the, these simple pleasures that, you know, they don't hide anything. They just bury it under more muck um, and it makes it harder to deal with. Because a lot of for a lot of fellas, uh, when stuff actually comes out, it comes out at the wrong times. It comes out at the the point when they've hit the last drop of the bottle. Um, and for some men, maybe it, it comes out in a reasonable way. They're they're with someone, but typically they're going to come out with it. They're going to talk about it, but they have no recollection of talking about it. So it's not really dealing with it. It's just blurting out a few random things to another drunken mate who isn't going to remember either. So there's no real solution got to, or there's no real clarity, clar uh, clar a moment of clarity with it. It's just like, oh, this, this is what's going on, fucking bloody, bloody, blah, blah, blah. But then it's just, we're wake up the next morning and, and we're hung over. And it's like, well, I'm back to square one again. Yeah, so it doesn't actually serve the purpose that you're looking for because no. through escapism and avoidance, we're using drugs and alcohol and then it's finally coming out because our inhibitions are low and, you know, we're more risk-taking. So we're like, oh, fuck it, I'll just, I'll just say this thing that's on my mind um, that I'm feeling inside that I haven't let anybody know about. And then, as you're saying, they wake up again and it's all gone. There's no emotional processing that happens when you've been drinking. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's something I, I will challenge that any lads are, are, that are out there. It's like, if you have a mate that's struggling, is, is going to the pub and swallowing beer is the best option? Or can you just like ask them, is everything all right? Mm. let's go for a walk let's go train man let's go to the gym and let's like lift some weights and let's just talk about it there but something that doesn't evolve the the pub or alcohol because it's not the solution it only compounds it and makes it makes it worse at the end of the day. and i'm talking from my own experience with that mm. you know it, you can you can distract yourself as much as you like and and go on endless sessions and you can laugh your arse off in those sessions but all that laughing is that's just the joker's mask on you Mm. And what's going on underneath that laugh is a lot of fucking damage, a lot of fucking, a lot of pain. Yeah. Mm. So. so if you think about it from this perspective, knowing yourself better um, and, and thinking about, okay, well, what supports can I pull into my life to help me be the best version of myself? You're also contributing to everybody else around you as well. And you will start to attract other people who work on being the best versions of themselves as well. So there is no losing in this situation. From my perspective, there's only winning. You had to deal with that emotional shit anyway. At least this time you're actually consciously dealing with it and helping yourself and helping the people around you at the same time. Yeah. And you mentioned there about working with a therapist, you know, I've worked with one myself and I, there's, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. It's, it's been eye opening for me. It's, mm -hmm. I actually got a therapy with uh, an ex partner. We done couples counseling and, you know, you went, we went along expecting, oh, well, this is going to make us better. But in actual fact, it was almost individual counseling that we got. Like there was a lot, there was stuff that I needed to work on that I had no idea of. 
um, and likewise for her. And it was like, I always describe it, it was like a heat seeking missile. It was launched that day that we like, we'd done the counseling that especially on that first day, it was launched, it didn't hit its spot for a couple of weeks but by god when it did it just it was like bang and the dust rose into the air and it felt so uncomfortable it felt horrible actually because it's like fuck what do i do with this now but as the dust settled things clicked into place and i'll say for myself like you know it was it was probably three months into the counseling that the tar the, the the missile hit and it was probably six months after that for the dust to fully settle that's how I would describe my own process with it. And it's when the dust settled, that meant all that, like that for me, that was an, ah, oh, I, I, I understand now. I see what's happening here now. I understand myself more. Um, and it was for me, yeah, for me, it, was, it, was, it wasn't even stuff within the relationship I had to work on. It was stuff with my own mother I had to work on in order to heal the stuff that was going on for me to make me a better person for whoever I was going to be with. Yeah. That was mine. We we learn from where some of our own experiences, right? So we learn from our parents and our relationship with our parents as well. And we can end up kind of mimicking those relationships or defining that person as uh, this is what a woman would be like in a relationship, in a key relationship. So we end up finding partners of that same nature because this is how we've learned to have a key relationship with a parent. That's right. And that's, that, that's an interesting point you make there, the reflections of, you know, relationships you're in now uh, similar to what your parents would have had. Yeah. You know, and it's 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 wild how that can like pop up and people don't even realize yeah. you know they 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 sometimes they're embarrassed by their parents and they're like oh when they're growing up they're like oh no my parents are fucking not they do they do this they do that and i'm not like my parents you're exactly a replica of your parents <laughs> that's what you are you have no choice in that you're cut from the same cloth what they do you are now doing <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> So without conscious awareness, right? We can we can change all of this. It doesn't have to be the way. That's right. And yeah, and and yeah, when you say that, I guess how would people go about that? Like, you know, like be consciously aware of what they're doing and and start to take steps. Well, as I as I mentioned, or I started mentioning before, is I think journaling is a really simple way that we can reflect upon how something went in the day or our thoughts or feelings about something so that's a really simple thing that you could do as a daily practice to know more about yourself I would generally recommend if you're working on family stuff particularly family trauma you need to have a guide in that so um, I work almost entirely with trauma now these days because it's so significant and there's so many people with a trauma experience that need a way through that um, and what we're finding with COVID is that there's more and more people now saying I want to work on this thing that happened 20 30 60 years ago and they want to work on it now because COVID happened and we were locked down and we were sitting with our thoughts and feelings in a way that we had never before. So I think it's important to note that, yes, you can absolutely have this self-process of 
growing and learning by yourself and and that could be totally fine for you but if there are some things that are quite traumatic then I would always recommend having a guide with that yeah perfect help yourself steer through it yeah and that you're and that's goes for males and females absolutely yeah and we and we mentioned there earlier on we were talking about like concept you know and the, the word that's it's it's become the uh, buzzword at the moment but i feel poss- possibly it's a mis- misunderstood and you know, this is a conversation i want to have with you about somewhat outlining it you know and what it should mean and how it should be applied and for both parties male and female to be comfortable mm. with using it and and understanding it yeah yeah so i wanted to just preface to say that Within sexual experiences, women have have learnt to be kind of silent, to be submissive, to be pleasers, to just go along with whatever the other party wants to do because we have been kind of raised that way. We've been raised um, either from the perspective of earlier, earlier relationships where you know, we've thought that we needed to do these things for our partner or that we were pressured into sex, so therefore we just need to do that whenever our partner wants that. Mm. Um, and that's not to say that men don't feel the same way sometimes about sex as well or maybe there's particular people who feel like that. Um, I think it's important to acknowledge that in our society, men are generally viewed as dominant and women are generally viewed as submissive. So that creates a whole plethora of stuff that can affect this consent basis. So this is coming to the forefront now because so many women experience violence from a man or sexual assault from a man. So this is a safety question, isn't it? And wouldn't you want your partner that you're sleeping with to feel safe? For sure, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Isn't that a human right to mm-hmm. feel safe? Yes, yeah, across the board, across yeah. the board, yeah. So there's some really simple things that we can do in order to gain consent. And, and that is just to make sure that both parties are happy for whatever is happening to continue or for it to advance to another level, say. Yes. So it could be something as simple as kissing on a couch and somebody wants to move that forward onto something else, then it's really important to gain the consent of that person that can we move this on? Can we, here are some things that I'd like to do to you. How would you feel about that? Would you like that? Can I do this? And make sure you hear an enthusiastic yes. A giggled no is still a no. Any kind of no is a no. A maybe is also a no. A lack of an answer is a no. So anything that is not absolutely yes and you really hear that yes and you know in your body that it's true then you don't go any further yeah uh, and i feel a lot a lot of situations uh, take a, a bit of just common sense to read what's going on yeah you know like if it's if it's a male on a couch with a female and this is going to be a weird thing to say imagine you're sitting beside your buddy a male buddy and you're getting a little bit close and he was like mate can you back off a little bit and you don't 
like you go he's going to give you a slap on the face now that's a female there that might not be exactly saying get off me mate but you it, it's the same body language it, it would be the same signals being given off use your fucking common sense and and, and say no like and back off basically you know and I, i'll also probably say as well like it's it's okay for someone to say no i don't want to do that and you, it's okay to be super specific and clear you don't have to dance around and, and feel embarrassed about that if you're not up for something that's okay yeah you know um because i feel i feel maybe like you know we might be talking a little bit here about you know females not wanting to have sex and then you mentioned that but sometimes maybe guys there's a lot of performance anxiety when it comes to males nowadays i think it's like consent goes both ways um i'm certainly talking here from um a female perspective from a perspective of someone who has had a lot of these experiences that we're talking about I'm someone who's come from a background of training in trauma. So I'm hearing, you know, all of the the stories and the statistics where I'm saying that it's more common that these things happen for a woman, where a woman finds it difficult to speak up because when your safety is threatened, it's very difficult to say no or to say stop because you can't actually use your voice at that time because of what's happening within your body. The same can be true for men if they're not feeling safe, that they can't speak up. And it's totally appropriate for a man to say, no, I'm not up for that. Yeah. And, and what you're speaking about there, the physiology, what what does actually happen when if when it goes to that point where uh, uh, someone feels super threatened or a female feels super threatened? What, what is the physiology? What's going on in the body then? Sure. So we have a, a response, which is a fight flight freeze response um and what's important to note of that is that will happen if i were to walk out on the road now in front of my house and a car comes screaming around the corner i have that response that kicks into gear that says to save my life i need to either freeze on the spot so the car sees me and swerves i need to run out of the way or i need to box on with the car so you know, I'm probably not going to box on with the car. I'm probably going to run or I'm going to freeze. But I don't necessarily always have the choice on what my physiology does. So I can almost have this kind of learnt response of this is what you do when your safety is threatened. And that's through evolution, right? It's evolutionary that we get this from a fish that freezes when it's in danger. So it used to freeze, or they still do, there's still fish in the sea. Yeah. They freeze when they're in danger. And, and they do that in order for other bigger fish to think that they're dead. So in this kind of scenario where there could be non-consensual sex or there could be sexual abuse or violence, um, what can happen is that we can freeze and we can't move our body then. Because what's happening is, you know, all of our energy is going into reserve, into just being still. Because we think the only way to survive this scenario, our body thinks, is just to be still, wait for it to be over, and then we'll be able to leave and we'll survive then. And sometimes that is true. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it's so important when we're talking about consent to recognize someone can also not be speaking and not be really moving that much and still not be consenting to what's happening. Yeah, very good point. Very good point. Yeah, I want to, so I wanted to dig into that because it's, you, you do have to be aware of your situation and what you're doing and who you are and who the other person is and what's going on. And, and, and again, just use your fucking common sense. Yeah, so there's a lot of victim blaming that goes on that says, well, why didn't you fight? Why didn't you say no? Why didn't you, you know, scream? Why didn't you go to the police? Why didn't you do all these things? There are reasons why those things don't happen. You know, you go to the police, the police say, we can't do anything for you. Or they take it along the line. If we're talking about sexual assault, they take it to court, nothing happens. Mm. Gets dropped because there's no evidence. So we don't have a system that actually supports people who have been sexually assaulted. Yeah, that, and that's a, system a that supports rapists. And that's a that's a problem. That's a problem, and it's it's like scenarios. I suppose for our for our listeners, basic scenarios. And you described a scenario to me about you know getting a tax a difference between getting a taxi and an Uber before, and that that was you know the, a, a shocker to me the how threatened you felt do you want to go through that story is that, is that something you want to yeah. yeah yeah so um at the time i would have been less than 20. i can't remember exactly how old i was i'm just going to guess that i was about 17 or 18 and getting a cab back from my friend's house where you used to ring on the old landline and wait for a cab to come pick you up and wait for them to be out the front, you'd be checking out the window to see if they're there. So it was that kind of experience. Um, and I went and got in the cab and I'd been drinking because of my age. And that cab driver took me home, but on the way they were propositioning me the whole time. And they were telling me things that they would like to do to me and that I wouldn't need to pay for the cab ride if they were allowed to do those things. That happened to me probably three or four times in that age range. And, and again, to repeat, you were between 17, 18, maybe even 19, but like 17, 18. Yeah, yeah. And in those days, you know, I didn't, I can't recall having a camera phone. I had no way of, mm. you know, reporting this person. Um, I remember trying to look at somebody's photo on the dash. They used to have their photos on the dash and not being able to read their name, not really being able to focus on the face of that little photo that I'm trying to look at in the dark. Yeah. So there wasn't really a way to do anything about it. And probably if I had a report it, nothing would have happened because it's like, oh, nothing happened. So you're fine. Everything's Sorry. fine. But some other woman probably wasn't fine. That's right. And people might, people might say, well, you were underage drinking and this and the other, but like you, you didn't have to be drinking to be in a taxi on your own with this taxi driver. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not that it, it, it uh, remove the fact that you were out or anything like that. This is you being 17 and 18 years of age, coming home with a taxi driver on your own and their proposition, yeah, putting you in a position where you feel super uncomfortable and, and threatened. Yeah. And, you know, it didn't matter what I was wearing. It doesn't matter that I was drinking. It doesn't yeah. matter that I'm female. It doesn't matter that I was going home alone. None of that should matter. The 
problem here is the perpetrator. I wasn't the problem in this scenario. And like, that's really important to think of when we get into the victim blaming that happens now, it, it still happens in the media. That's right. And if that, if that, that guy, that taxi man at the time, if he had a daughter that was being taken home by another taxi man, would he want that happening to his daughter? It's as simple as it is. It's it's just a not on. And that's what it comes down to like nowadays that lads need to know where to be respectful and know know how to how how am I gonna word this and and, and, and make it powerful but like direct. Not to be a cockhead. Not <laughs> to be a fucking cockhead. That's the only way I can I can think to say it. Because it, it is. It's like no need to be obnoxious. I've always said this in my daily cracks and whatnot, and especially that those ones last week is like, if you wouldn't say it to her, if you wouldn't say it to her face, don't say it at all. Because guys, when they get in groups and whatnot, they can be leery. They can start shouting things because they're doing it because they they want their mates to you know like back them up or they have that you know mob mentality. If you're not going to go up to a girl and stand in front of her and saying it directly to her face, well then don't fucking say it at all. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It just comes down to basic respect. And also what I would mention on that respect is think about women's safety mm-hmm. when you approach a woman. Think about how she might be feeling in that scenario. Because I told you just before we got on the call that I was at the gym this morning and there was a scenario where I was the only person in the gym with this um, quite loud and obnoxious male who was like walking around the gym doing exercises, making lots of loud noises. Uh, and he had just a creepy vibe about him. And here's where my mind went, oh, my God, how am I going to get myself out of this situation if he comes at me? What can I grab? Where am I going to go? I was already assessing worst-case scenario. So that's changing how I'm interacting with being in the gym. If somebody else had to come up to me just to say hi, I would have, you know, been quite jumpy because I'm already in that anxiety state where I feel unsafe. There's so many women will feel unsafe around a pack of guys. Um, Might feel unsafe if you approach them and there's no one else around. So have a little think about how can I approach her so that she can feel safe and approach her in a way that like you're trying to be a friend. Like don't approach her in a way where you're just trying to have sex with her. (laughs) Treat her like a human being, not a piece of meat. Absolutely. And, and, and just for like an ideal scenario, if you were to relive that gym experience again, um, how would you have liked it to have gone? If you were to relive that same experience tomorrow morning? Well, I won't be going there at the same time tomorrow morning. Okay. Well, <laughs> but the, yeah, but if you did and like, it, it shouldn't like, you should be allowed to go to the gym whatever time you want. Right. So how, how that's, absolutely, I should, but how that situation could have been better is when I walked in the gym and that person saw me coming in by myself, they could have turned to me and smiled and just said hi and then just gone back to what they were doing and maybe even said, sorry if I get a bit loud at, at times. That's, that's simple. Okay, that's just how that person works out. I'm, I'm okay. I feel safe in my space now. Everything's okay. Yeah. Just a little bit of reassurance probably would have helped me to feel more safe, but also I don't really want to be in a situation again like that. Yeah. 
Yeah, it comes down to people interacting on a just a human level again, and I feel there's a lot of that missing as well now because every all the interactions now happen on devices, don't they? The way people interact and the way males interact with females, it's it can be super crude at times, and I don't. I think people have lost this ability to interact on a human level, just like like that, just acknowledge one another. Yeah. You know, you, you have that scenario in the gym where it's like all you needed was a guy to say, oh, well, there's only the two of us in the gym. Well, hey, how's it going? I'm fucking going to be dropping dumbbells and being a cockhead over here. You can be a cockhead over there. <laughs> you know, simple. And you'll be like, yeah, grand gravy. No worries at all. But, you know, even walking past people in the street, people don't know how to like eye contact anymore. They don't know how to do that. It's it's lost. The old it's I don't I hate saying it. The old arts of human interactions are lost not saying that their interactions in the past were better but at least people interacted you know and it's 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 going back to that and like what you were saying there when it comes to interacting with a female do it interact with another human being the way you want to be interacted with yourself like let's gain some trust here let's let's get a bit of understanding about one another who are you who am i like what do we have interests this is not just a piece of meat as you were saying and then also like what you could do is if you're approaching a woman just get some consent in that so you might go up and you might say hi i'm so and so and uh, i'd really like to have a chat would that be okay absolutely and then yeah. start chatting if she says yes if she says no respect that move away perfect and it's not the end of the world if you get a no you know, in, in, in a business um, uh, coaching I got before, they were all about that. You know, you, you want to get on calls, you want to make sales and all this sort of stuff. You got to get on as many calls as possible. So make it about the no game. The more no's you get, that means the more calls you're, you're making, which is eventually is going to lead to a yes. But if you're, if you're going to bank everything on that one no, well, I'm a failure. This is no good. This is not for me. Well, you're not going to go far in your sales and that's probably a metaphor for you're not going to go far in life but also you have no idea what's happening behind the scenes here right correct correct yeah and that, that that's that's a good point it's like you don't know what this female has dealt with in the past but not only that like i don't want to make it all about female trauma or generational trauma or even about rape um, it, it could be that she just doesn't feel like talking to anybody at that time. That's true. And that's totally fine. That's a, yeah, that's it. That's it. Just, yeah, respect that. That's fine. And if you're out and about, you'll like, there'll be, as far as I know, there's quite a few humans on this planet. <laughs> and like you were saying, there's, there's still fish in the sea. There's plenty. My old lady has a, a, a term, you know, there's plenty, plenty of fish in the sea. That's the term. But the Irish way of saying that, there's any amount of fish in the sea that haven't been caught. <laughs> I like it. Like, you know, it makes perfect sense. But it's the Irish way of, of saying that statement. But it's good. It's really good. So um, when it comes to like, like advice for males, and you know making their approach what would be you know some of the golden rules or not rules go just tips i suppose and advice that you would give to males when it comes to approaching females no we've kind of touched on it already but in your perspective mm. um 
Well, I think from what we've been discussing, the more you get to know yourself, the more you're able to actually put your feelers out, be a bit more empathic and read the room to read if it's an appropriate time or situation to approach somebody. So that would be number one, is just know yourself and know the room. Then you might make eye contact with someone. You might then notice that they make eye contact with you or they smile back. Then you might go and say, hi, I'm Toby. I'd love to get to know you. How about we have a chat? Wait for the yes. If you get a no, off you go. If you get a yes, then have a chat, find out who she is, what she's interested in and share about yourself as well. Absolutely. Because remember that we build that emotional connection through sharing about our experiences. So that is getting to know the other person and allowing them to see you. So I think that that is the most important thing is there's so much kind of superficial or small talk you can do before you actually need to share something a little bit real, Mm -hmm. have something that will hook another person in to go, well, I actually want to get to know you better because there's this vulnerability that I see coming through or this self-awareness coming through and that's attractive. Yeah. That's very, yeah, that's very important. And it's just being emotionally available really, isn't it? Yeah. And, And as we're saying earlier on lads, that's okay to be that way. Doesn't, yeah. make, doesn't make you any less of a of a male it's just human yeah and like we were saying previously when if or when there's alcohol involved maybe just don't approach like yeah. <laughs> have a look at yourself and go okay well how many drinks have i had am i still quite sober then mm. continue if the other person appears to be sober continue if they don't or if you're not just stop exactly just <laughs> yeah and I would also like, you know, if you're in a, if you're in groups, whether it's males or females in groups and someone's been a little bit too much because they have alcohol and they're trying to persuade someone, just pull them, pull them up on that and be like, hey, mate, not tonight. Let's call it off. Let's go for a kebab. Soak some of that shit up. Because <laughs> I think it's important that mate, what? Come back to earth. Back to, yeah, it's, it's important as well that mates call each other out on stuff and, you know, maybe help. Because I know working working with Magic Men, would you believe it? There's a fair few of those boys that are super introverted. You know, it, they're put into this world that where you automatically get female attention. You know, it's, it's just, but when they get it, then they do not know what to do with it. You know, so I, I find myself sometimes, not that I'm any fucking Casanova or anyone that can give, give any sort of solid advice, but I, I, I feel I know myself quite well. I can read a scenario uh, quite well. I know when to back off. I know when to like move forward and whatnot. So I will see, I will see the interactions happening and I'll be like, I, won't, I don't want to use a name. I'll be like, yeah, here, mate, like she likes you. So... I reckon you should go over and buy her a drink or dance with her or something because she's giving you the come hithers. And you know, a lot of the time you will see the, the guy, at the, and I've seen it before, I've seen it so many times, the, the guy still won't do anything. He still stays there because, you know, it just the confidence, confidence isn't there yet, doesn't know how to approach. But boys, unfortunately, the only way you get good at this stuff is by practicing it. 
And again, like the, like my business coach said, try and get as many no's as possible because mm-hmm. the no's will lead to yeses and you will, you know, you will pick up your game. That's what it's all about. And you will start by putting yourself in those situ- situations. You, and like what you were saying, Steph, as well, is reading the room, starting to understand what's happening, starting to read the body language. You will become smarter at that. That's the only way to like eventually get what you want, which whatever it is, a relationship, maybe a one night stand, whatever it is, you know, it, it, you can get whatever you want, but it starts by you making um, a respectful approach. Yeah. And, and that's true for women as well. So in, in this scenario that you're talking about, um, what stopped the woman approaching? True. To say, hey, would you like to get a drink together? I'd like to mm. talk to you. To be honest, I feel in that scenario, I think she got sick of approaching. <laughs> I think that's what happened there. Because as I said, it was like, I could see, you, like she was given the come hithers and literally he was like, Ooh, I don't know what to do here. And he was like, literally, literally she must've been chasing him around the room. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, just a funny, and I've seen that so many times. Especially in like working at the weekend, it's just put in your face. So obviously, um, but it is that, yeah. It's it's like the 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 they're reading the signals, and they're probably reading them in the in the right way. But then they're either going to rely on Dutch courage to get themselves over the line, which again, it's a bit of, like alcohol is a great social lubricant. It's fantastic, but if you're relying on it to give yourself confidence, is that the way to build confidence for the future? You know um, what I mean? Yeah. You know, and that's, that was a crutch I heavily relied on when I was growing up, you know, it's, uh, and I think most people kind of like relate to that, especially Irish people. Like, you know, it's the, it, we, t- we turn to the pub in times of celebration. We turn to the pub in times of hardship. We turn to the pub when there's nowhere else to turn, you know, and that's where you will dissect the world, where you will conquer the universe, where you will um, like drink your woes. But at the end of the day, it's a distraction. It's taking you away. It's taking you out your, your you out of your body, so you can deal with it, the stuff temporarily. But you always have to come back in. You always have to like ground yourself back into who you are, and you realize that fuck, you're not escaping anything. Yeah. So think of it like a quick rip band aid. You put a band aid on, you rip it off real quick. That's what alcohol does. It gives you that escapism, that avoidance for a short period of time, and then it's all back with you again yeah absolutely yeah i i can't believe like i I love that i'm not drinking as much at the moment like i've I've, this the last couple of months it's been quite minimal compared to what i used to have done but you know and it's it's just been something i've been like right this is not serving me the way sorry have you noticed a change in your mental health absolutely absolutely um like I, I was out at the weekend and I had a bit of a crack at the weekend, but that was the first time in probably two months since Christmas. Um, and normally the next day after a session, I'll be lying on the couch, just going through, we call it the fear in Ireland, where you're just like, you're going through all the scenarios, oh, all the people I met, oh, that person hates me. Oh, what did I say to this person? Oh my God, did I do that? What the fuck was the story? Like you just go through all this and you just, it just brings up barrels and barrels and barrels of anxiety. But 
you know, because I, I, I wasn't drinking that much on Saturday night, I, I, Sunday I was tired, but I felt good. And my headspace is in the game. I have clarity. I'm, 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 my business is moving forward well. I'm creating better interactions with people. We're having this conversation now about this exact sort of stuff. It's, it's really good. I've, I've been enjoying it. I'm still, I still have my drinks and I'm still part of that world, but it's not, it's not the major part. I've been out so many times with the lads, even for a UFC Sunday, which will be a massive drinking day. And I've had two pints. And then I've, I've met up with a friend afterwards, got some food and fucked off home. You know, that's a big, that's a big change for the old day, all eh? <laughs> <laughs> but it's good. It's good. It's good. But, um, you've noticed so many, um, just so many positives from you changing that behavior. You're still able to enjoy that sometimes, but there's so many other things that you're able to enjoy now that would have been impossible or would have been numbed or dulled if you had been still drinking most nights of the week absolutely and it's um it's been wild like you know i would have never really gone on dates before that would have been sober dating like you know it had been evolved around going to the pub or i i'd be looking at my phone as like well i can only meet this person on a friday night or a saturday night because that's the only nights i really want to go drinking and you know that that's that's a weird way to limit yourself but now all i've been doing lately is sober dating mm. and you're actually getting to know the people and there's a lot of times i've gone on dates and it hasn't really gone any further than just meeting up once or twice because i've actually kind of like you know this person's been nice but you know this interaction is enough for me and that's that 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 feels good you know, and it's it, it's a nice. It, I find I feel it's a nice way to kind of like you know be around the dating pool. When I do make a connection then with someone, it's actually a good connection. And there's been plenty of times where it's it's ended up where both of us have kind of got what we've wanted out of the end. We've ended up sleeping with one another. We understand where we are, and it's like we're open and honest. Well, this was all this is all I wanted, and this is all that she wanted. And but we had that conversation sober. So there was no fucking missed signals. There was no fucking bullshittery. There was no one feeling, oh God, am I in a relationship now? There was none of that. It's like, no, this is what it is. And how refreshing does that feel? So good. So good. Sober dating, folks. Yeah. Yeah. I'm new to the game. I'm new to the game. <laughs> I'm sure like it's, a, it's been a thing for a long, long time. But for demo, 38 years of age, I'm new to the sober dating game. Well, good luck to you. Giddy up, giddy up. So is there anything that you'd like, anything that you, we have missed out on that you'd like, because I know you've mentioned there, like journaling has been a, a very good thing to help people get to know themselves. Is there anything that we've missed out on that you would like to touch on before we wrap it up today? I think we've touched on all of the advice um, yeah. where we could say here is a starting point um, beyond journaling. I talked about talking with friends, having a look at people that you can really trust and open up to, um, getting to know your own feelings and emotions. So that is as simple as asking yourself, how do I feel right now? Oh, I feel anxious. Okay, where do you feel anxious? Oh, I feel a bit anxious in my chest. You don't have to do anything with that anxiety. You can just be aware that it's there. That's it. And then go on with what you're doing. 
And that just gives you this reinforcement that it's okay to feel whatever emotion you're feeling. You don't have to avoid it anymore with alcohol or drugs or, you know, some other addiction, whether it be gym or running or whatever it is that you feel that you need to do to avoid your emotions. You can just call them what they are, notice where they are in your body and then press on. Yeah, perfect. Perfect. Um, we talked about building respect for women and also building your own emotional maturity. That will come as you learn to respect yourself more and you get to know yourself more with building awareness and mindfulness about who you are and what you're interacting with, where you're going in your life. And you can get support in those things. So as I said, you can get guidance from a counsellor, a psychologist, a coach, whatever it is you can, you can find it. As I mentioned, I work predominantly with trauma. I also see other things. You can find me if you wanted to at my Facebook group, which is Stephanie Pye Psychology. Or you can send me an email at stephaniepiepsychology at gmail.com. Um, and so what generally happens in those kind of sessions is you might have an initial session just to say, here's what I'm going through. This is my experience so far. I'd like to get to this goal. I'd like to work through this to get to this point. Can you help me with that? Yeah, <laughs> Simple. Yes, it is. It, it's just a matter of taking that first step, really, isn't it? And you're taking the first step towards a better version of yourself that is going to make you feel good about yourself in your life and then also help you connect with others as well. So essentially, you're going to have a better quality life. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like pe sometimes people search for someone to make them feel happy, but that's that's not the way to do it. You, you make yourself happy, then you'll find the person that will be the right fit in your life. So don't look for something that you think you're missing. Don't look from a sense of lack. Mm. You've got to fill yourself up with love and nurture and everything that you need so that you can attract somebody who's in the same place. Absolutely. that's what you deserve. That's what other people deserve as well. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was an awesome conversation yet again, Steph. And hopefully we'll have we'll have a part three in the not too distant future. Like every time we meet up, there's always some good topics that pop up, isn't there? What are we going to talk about next time? I don't know. Who knows? Don't worry about it. We'll, 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 yeah, we'll, we'll think of something. It'll, it'll, it'll organically happen. It'll organically happen. But again, uh, this was an awesome one uh, to touch on this week. Yeah. Yeah. So you've already given out where people can find you. And I'll also put those details in the show notes below. Um, and yeah, it's it, it's just all about, you know, having a bit of fun with it, but just remembering your 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 boundaries and asking for consent. No. Yeah, you know, and I like the way you said it there, just reading the situation, reading the room. Yeah. Get good at that shit. <laughs> exactly all right steph let's um wrap it up at that today and um that's another awesome crackpit podcast giddy up all right see ya see you later